0: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment.
1: Hello, Calix football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, we're continuing... The kind of journey we're taking through the world of college football. We started last week and we're, with our Pac-12 conference t- previews.
0: And we're not going to stop believing either.
1: No, we're not. We're not. We're going to go right through them. We Last week, we looked at the conference that wasn't in the playoffs at all. This, this week, I should say, we are in the conferences that made the playoffs. Me and Brandon sat there and went, hmm. Who should we look at next, Big 12 or Big 10? And we decided to go with the Big 12 for this week. And how we're going to do it is we can't do it like we did last week, Brandon, where we talk about one division, then we talk about another division. The Big 12 can't be that easy because they can't have divisions and be like any other conference in all of football. They have to be difficult and have just one big hosh posh of 10 teams. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the bottom five teams from last year, then the top five teams from last year, and then give our predictions. And let's dive right into it. And the team I want to throw out there to you first is this is a team that 2-7 and seven last year, 3-9 and nine overall, and new head coach coming in, Matt Campbell, the Iowa State Cyclones. Is this a team? I know that Coach Campbell has been trying to – trying to get his headway into the satellite camp, kind of what we've been seeing in the Big Ten with Jim Harbaugh. Is this a team that we can see from these bottom feeders kind of move up into the top five this year?
0: Uh, well, do they move up into the top five? Maybe not. But do they move up? I think so. They have eight starters returning on defense, and that's going to help them make a step forward. They were ranked 107th in the nation last year defensively. That's just not going to win you a whole lot of football games. But I think that it's huge having those eight, eight returners and kind of a core there, at least on the defensive side. I think that uh, obviously they're going to have to take a look offensively because they just weren't that good they just weren't that good they're not going to keep in a whole lot of games they had some interesting games some exciting ones but i think for the most part you take a look at this defense and if they can start to stop people this year that maybe does give them a bit of an edge this year over last year of course but uh top 5 i don't know you know i don't know i think that with this with the big 12 though at least what it has been you take a look at it and you've got your first top 3 top four teams, and the rest of them, no one looks at. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter because you're like, it's just going to be a hodgepodge of teams that are underperforming or very underwhelming. So I think that Iowa State, are they in the discussion of top five teams? Maybe, but I don't know about that.
1: Well, and this this goes for the entire bottom half of this conference because the kind of outlier that I see for this conference is Oklahoma's still going to be good. TCU still going to be good. You know that Coach Gundy is going to have his boys at Oklahoma State in Stillwater still playing some high efficiency. West Virginia will still be in it. Baylor's a question mark. We'll get to them when we get to the top half. But every team in this bottom half besides for maybe the two Kansas teams, I mean, Kansas State could be better, way better than the Kansas Jayhawks. But this is a bottom half where it's like you've got Iowa State. They've got a new head coach coming in. Charlie Strong at Texas. Can he finally make the, what's the word I'm looking for, the, like the push to get into the top or half of the Big 12 with his team? And then you've got a guy in Coach Kiff in Texas Tech, or as I like to call him the Ryan Gosling lookalike. He's, his Texas Tech Red Raiders were right there almost into the top five if they weren't outstretched by the mountaineers.
0: Well, here I think this is the biggest thing for for Iowa State is Matt Campbell. He's been there for only a couple of months and he's already got a ton of energy. He's energized this fan base. Well, when Fred Hoiberg left, you know, who are you going to who are you going to go to? Who are you mm-hmm. going to flock to? You're going to flock to a new guy on the football side of things, and Matt Campbell. And he's bringing this new energy and Paul Rhodes, former coach there, saying that you know, I think that this Iowa State team could be making a bowl appearance this year. Do they? I don't know, but I certainly think that they will be better than last year. And I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do crack the top five. But this is definitely a team that is still. I, it's almost like still learning. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you look at the Oklahoma, their experience, they're the vet. This is like the rookie. This, that's at least how I'm I'm looking at. It. They they still have some ways to go before we're talking about them being uh, anywhere near an elite team, but certainly a maybe even a competitive team as well. Could they be like a a seven and six or something like that? Sure, but I don't know if they go too much beyond that.
1: Well, and I mean the one little snippet I wanted to finish with Iowa State before we move on to the next team, is the most important player for them this year. To me, if you guys are new to the Primetime Podcast, I'm an offensive-minded guy. I usually look to the offense first before I even look to anything on the defensive side. And to me, the main guy that they're going to lean on is Mike Warren because, as Coach Matt Campbell said, this is a program that will have success running the football. And last year, if you look at Warren stats, yeah, he had over a thousand yards. He had just over 1,300 rushing yards last year on 227 carries and got into the end zone only five times. However, you look at that in comparison to the Big 12 teams last year and you're looking at yards per game, they only ranked seventh with 182 yards per game. That needs to change because teams like Baylor and West Virginia. 326 and 228 at the top of the Big 12. Now, is Baylor going to have the same kind of success? Maybe not. However, Iowa State needs to lean on this guy because he's only a sophomore. So, coming into a sophomore season, leaning on that running game, that could possibly set up the passing game and move Iowa State. I don't think they get out of the top five, but they could be one of those teams that's like maybe six or seven. At the end of 2016.
0: Joel Lanning, quarterback, he could definitely be a threat as well because he can run the football. And and, he
1: took over the second half of last year. Yes, he
0: did. And they say that he is one heck of a runner. Mm -hmm. Needs to work on his accuracy in the passing game, but that's something that can come along. Uh, But I think that when you have a dual threat quarterback like that you're going to be very dangerous and for the big 12 that is going to be uh, very good especially to put up a lot of points when you can do both things
1: and before we get into the next team I really want to go to is the Texas Longhorns but before we get to them I want to give some love to the bottom bottom feeder of Kansas basically this is your two seconds of fame on this podcast all they have to do to have a successful season in my mind coach Dave Beatty just got to win a game Last you, year, you, first year, couldn't win one. Just win a game and I'll be happy.
0: You just got to win a game. You just got to win a game. And, uh, you know, best best of luck and we'll see you in
1: 2017. and <laughs> 12 0-9 last year. But let's move into the Texas Longhorns. And this is the team that most people, when we were saying, oh, we're going to look at the bottom five, they're like, guys, look at the Longhorns first. I don't know why you're talking about the Iowa State Cyclones, but this is a team with Charlie Strong as head coach, that last season was pretty rough for Coach Strong. I mean, there were times where his students were texting in the locker room saying, hey, I'm going to transfer. This was a coach that we thought the boosters were going to try to oust because they wanted to get Mac Brown back into the door at Texas. Is this going to be a team that we see get into the top five And all the boosters go, oh, no, we weren't trying to do that. We love you, Charlie. We love you. We believed in you all along.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, (laughs) Sure. Uh, He's 11 and 14 in two years, and the pressure is certainly on Charlie Strong this year to be a winning coach and have a winning program. And can you really blame him? I mean, Texas is not known to be a losing program, Mm -hmm. but the last couple of years they have been. That can't be the same thing again this year because if it is, Charlie Strong is out and out with a bang, that's for sure. But I think that this is a team who we saw towards the end of the season last year start to kind of get it. It's like they fi- it's something finally clicked with them, and they were playing football. They were playing pretty good football. It was so the, th-
1: Red R- the Red River rivalry game. After they beat Oklahoma, it was, boom, a different Texas Longhorn team than we saw the first, what was that, one, two, three, four, five games? to start when they were 1-4? and four.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think that this 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 recruit at quarterback for Texas, Shane uh, Buscelli, I mean, I don't know how mm-hmm. to say that name, uh, but uh, I think that, I'm not saying that he's supposed to be the savior in Texas, but I think that they're looking at him as, hey, you got the keys, man, you go. And if he doesn't, I just don't think that's going to look pretty good for Charlie Strong.
1: Well, and to me, the big thing, the only, like, besides the start of their season, they had a rough start where, like I said, they were 1-4. and And then you said they kicked it on. They won that rivalry game, and it kind of seemed to spark their season a little bit. However, within that second half, like, you've got losses. You've got a three-point loss to Texas Tech, a team that I believed the Longhorns should have beaten. You get shut out on the road in Ames against Iowa State 24 to nothing. Those are two teams Texas should have beat. So I mean, there are going to be games this year like you got to win the games that you're supposed to win. And their schedule this year starts off exactly like it started last year. They're going to be playing on ABC about 6:30 our time here in Chicago against the Golden Domers in Notre Dame. And then you get like an easy UTEP game that's going to be on the Longhorn Network, and then boom, you're right at Cal, right at Oklahoma State, and then you're directly into the Big 12 play. To me, to me, Texas has to have a strong start to the year this year. They can't go 1-4 and four like they did last year and then kind of pick it up. They've got to be good right from that first game against the Golden Domers.
0: Absolutely, and then and we know how it went last year against Notre Dame. Not, not well. too well. Not well. What, I, they had
1: three points scored against them? I was going to say. Or they had three points that they scored. They I, was saying I think, t- I I think
0: Texas fans would like to pretend that game did not even happen. Yeah. Do you remember playing Notre Dame last year? Nope. No, I don't think we did. But uh, I think that one, one thing is to look at is the defensive side. And you said that uh, you're, you know, you're a big offensive-minded mm-hmm. guy. I mean, so am I. But I think on some of these teams, you really have to look defensively, and especially yep. on some of these teams that have underperformed. Uh, th- the thing for Texas is that they, they get a lot of D tackles. Mm-hmm. However, they're freshmen. They, this is, these are the, going to be their first college games. Yet they're all going to be called upon because they're so thin. Is that good? Yes and no. It's a concern because they're being thrown into the fire real quick, and it's hot. It's hot. But they got to go. they got to do it. And if they get this experience now, that's probably better for later, right away. Maybe not. But they're going to have to learn on the fly, so they're going to have to be real smart. Their IQ is going to have to be up for sure. But I think then you have to look at linebacker Malik Jefferson. Last year, he was a freshman All-American. He was good. He's going to have to be the anchor of that, that uh, linebacking group. They need to be able to get a pass rush. Some of these quarterbacks they're playing against, when I say some, I mean all, uh, are pretty good. Mm -hmm. They, They have got to put pressure on them. Those quarterbacks can't be standing back there, especially in the Big 12, who put up points like it's nobody's business. That can't happen. Texas has got to be able to get them some pressure, and I think that's going to be up to Malik Jefferson. He's going to be the leader on that defensive front, but I think overall, Texas has got to be better than last year, right? Right? They've got to be.
1: They need to, and I mean, like I said, the big thing is they've got to start out strong. And to me, almost if if I was a Longhorn fan, I'd be hoping, like I would kind of be wishing that that UTEP and that Notre Dame game were kind of flipped. And the reason why I say that is, you say, hey, they've got a young, a ton of young kids coming in on that defensive side. I'd rather have them see a team like UTEP game one where. Let, let's be honest, they can make a mistake against UTEP and not get burnt. If you make a mistake in that first game, that big game against Notre Dame, Malik Zaire will make you pay. He will. And that team coached by Brian Kelly, that I think that is going to be their point of attack. They are just going to—I like. I wouldn't be surprised if they took the running back and said, hey, you know what, we're just going to do attack that D-line and force them to stop us because they're so young.
0: One of the biggest things, I think, for Texas, you take a look at their schedule. They open at home against Notre Dame. Then they play road games at Cal and Oklahoma State before facing Oklahoma <laughs> in Game 5. So we just, we're just we talking about four of their first five games. They're not going to be cakewalks. Texas got to be ready. They've got to be ready coming out of the opening gate, and they have got to perform. And if they can't do that right away... If they get off to a slow start again, I just don't know. I just don't think that they're going to end up having a good season. But if they can win three out of those first five, now we're talking.
1: Let's move on to the other team in Texas that Let's is do in it. the bottom five, Texas Tech. And the reason why I bring them up is I brought their coach up, Cliff Kingsbury. And to me, he's got to be kind of – I would kind of put him in the same boat as Charlie Strong. You need a better season. You came in eight and five you went 8 and 4 or you went 4 and 8, pardon me. Then you go 7 and 6. It's kind of like if if that trend continues, then this year is not going to be that good of a year cuz you had winning season, not a winning season, winning season. So this year's probably not going to be a winning season, right? You can never go on that trend. However, the Texas Texas Tech their fans, I bet you guys are sitting there going we want to be back to how good we were in the Michael Crabtree era. We want to get back there. Cliff, you got to bring us there. You got to show that you can bring in the recruits. And with a guy, Charlie Strong was one of them. When you're three years deep, that third year is that year where it's like, okay, now I'm really going to be watching you because your recruits are coming in. Let's see what your guys can do because football's different than basketball. Football, you bring a guy in freshman, sophomore, that third year, that first recruiting class that you had are now juniors. Well, in this case, those guys are now seniors. So I got to see what your guys can do. And if you have a losing season this year, I mean, overall, he's 19 and 19 overall in three years at Texas Tech. That's got to be like, you got to look at that and go, well, you're not bad, but you're not good. And guess what that is? That's mediocrity, Brandon. Mediocrity.
0: Texas Tech last year, the Red Raiders, set a program record for points scored. That is great for them. But do you think that that's something, again, that they go to? Do you think they get even better this year because they lose a couple of uh, pretty good offensive pieces? Uh, Jakeem Grant is gone. DeAndre Washington gone on the offensive side. and you look at what Texas Tech was able to do last year. They put up the most points in program history, mm-hmm. and yet, still, they don't do as well as they like. That is a concern, I guess, then, going forward. Do you think they do that again this year? Do you think they still have that same high-powered offense in 2016?
1: Well, what it comes down to is if I look at last year, the only teams they lost to were the top five in the Big 12, Tech. Texas Christian, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Every team that was on top of them in the standings, those were the teams they lost to. And that, like going to my point, okay, cool. You look at that last season, you have to build on that, though. You can't take a step back. And their schedule this year kind of resembles a similarity to last year where. They're going to start off with SF Austin. Should be an easy win. I think they can go into ASU and play Arizona State. Beat them in a Arizona State team that will be Mike berkovici less And they're going to be looking at a new quarterback. Louisiana Tech, September 17th. That's going to be the toss-up game because, yes, Kenneth Dixon is no longer the running back for... Um, I call him Little Holst because he's the son of Lou Holst there in Louisiana Tech. He don't have his running back anymore. Plus, I think it was Dr- Jeff Driscoll was their quarterback. Yeah, he's now in the NFL playing for Chip Kelly in the 49ers. So that's a team that's going to have a new identity. They c- possibly could beat them. Then you get Kansas and Kansas State. This could be a team that we're looking 5-0 and to start. But we're going to be looking 5-0 and and going... Who have you played? Then it gets tough. West Virginia, Oklahoma, TCU. Those are that stretch is the stretch where I want to see some wins. That's the one I want to see some wins. Can you beat the guys you couldn't beat last year, however, without giving up ground to the people you did beat the year before?
0: You gotta look at their offensive line. It's gonna be young, it's gonna be talented. It's anchored by veteran guard Balin Brown. My my thinking is, you know, will they hold up? Will they hold up all season long? You know, they're new guys, young guys, most of them inexperienced, uh, talented, talented for sure. But I think that you have got to, I don't know, you've really got to protect your quarterback, and especially in the Big 12 where you're supposed to be putting up points. You are supposed to be putting up points. Mm-hmm. No one plays defense in the Big 12. Why would you when you can put up that many points? You've got to have a good offensive line. And we'll see. I mean, young doesn't mean bad. Young usually means talented. So we'll see what happens for them there as well.
1: So okay, let's move on. And I know Kansas State fans are probably going, oh, but what about us? I really I I really got nothing to say about the uh the Thundercats from uh Kansas State, Brandon. You got anything about the uh Kansas State Wildcats before we move into the big boys of the Big Twelve.
0: Now, of course, I do. My uncle went to K-, K State. We can move on now. That's
1: a nice, that's a nice fun fact. I'm glad that you shared that with us. Yeah, I knew on today's pe- podcast. I knew
0: people wanted to know.
1: <laughs> everyone was wondering. Everyone was wondering.
0: I saw the comments.
1: But let's move into the top five, and let's start with the guys who were at the bottom of that bottom five in West Virginia. And this is a team where. I kind of feel like they could be the ones to slide into the bottom half this year. Like, I don't think. I look at Oklahoma. We're talking about them repeating as Big 12 champs. I look at TCU. They're going to be good. I mean, West Virginia could be one where they slide back with Baylor because Baylor's another team. I don't think they're going to be in the top five come the end of 2016 in the Big 12. You don't think they're going to be in the top five? Well, I, Baylor. Baylor for sure. West Virginia's that team where it's like, it depends on what Texas and Texas Tech can do. Because those are the two from the bottom half, I think, could possibly become top five teams in the conference.
0: Well, Holgerson is really high on his quarterback this season. He's really high on Skylar Howard. And Howard, a, a pretty good season last year. He kind of dipped, then came back. Um, in, in, in a direct quote from Holgerson, Skylar has a lot of ball under his belt. A lot. He should be a ton better this year. So I think that uh, this is a, a West Virginia offense again that can put up points. You, you just you're not going to find too many teams that can't put up points in the Big Twelve. And if they can't, they're not going to be a good team. But I think that you have to look at who who's he passing to, who's he throwing to, and they have most of their returners in the receiving core, which is great for them. I don't think West Virginia really moves from this top five spot. At least I don't think so. You seem to think that they are going to dip out. I don't think they do. I think they stay in the top five. High in the top five? Probably not. I think they stay probably right at number five.
1: And the biggest weakness to this team, this West Virginia team, is going to be their defense. And the reason why I say that is they have 12 guys Eight of them starters gone from last year. No longer in Morgantown. And, I mean, is Coach Holgerson really upset about that? No, because as he's told Athlon Sports, um, a direct quote from the spring game, he said, the defense looks the same to me. If you look at the first string defense right now, it's made up of juniors and seniors. And I read the first part of that quote, and I thought, well, Okay, it doesn't look the exact same because you're losing eight starters from last year. But then he finishes the quote with, "It's the starters are made up of juniors and seniors. And I go, oh, okay, so next man up. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, those juniors that were here last year, you guys had a bigger role than some of the sophomores. Those sophomores moving into the upperclassman role, you guys just got to take on the mantle. That's how college football works, right? Guys come out, they graduate or go to the NFL. New guys come up, get older, and fill those spots. So the defense to me is going to be more of a maturity issue of it. Can these guys coming into junior and senior year, can they take over for the eight starters that this defense had lost?
0: One thing for me, at least this is what I think, is that West Virginia has always been a team, and I kind of alluded to it earlier. They've always been a team that's relied on their offense. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is a year that that's gonna be any different defensively and the defensive defensive end i I think that they're gonna be you know all right. The D line is gonna be pretty good. I think they return like two of three starters from last year. Those are the guys that you're gonna have to look at, but ultimately. It, there's there's some gaping holes after that. So defensively, that's not going to be the strength for West Virginia. It's offense. It's all offense. It's going to be carried by offense. And we're just going to have to see where that takes West Virginia throughout the season.
1: Maybe that's why I love this conference so much, because it's all offense all the time. Who can score the most points? 75 to 64 games.
0: Exactly. And if you <laughs> if you have a good defense, you are in the wrong conference. Mm-hmm. If you have a good defense in the Big 12, you are not a Big 12 team. Yeah. Your leave. defense is supposed to be really bad and you're supposed to score a lot of points on offense.
1: Well leave the defense to the SEC. Leave
0: right? the defense to the big ten.
1: <laughs> so let's look at the elephant in the room. And this is a this is a team that we talked about a few times. We we we've looked at their head coaching situation a couple of times with recent events. I'm just gonna throw it out there, Brandon. What do you take of Baylor this year? What kind of team are we gonna see? From the Art Briles Baylor's or Baylor Bears, I should say.
0: You know, I'm really kind of, uh, huh. I, I'm really interested actually, I, and I don't really know what to say because I'd like to say that that Baylor's comes out they play really really well and you know you kind of forget for a little bit about art briles and everything that surrounded this team but at the same time you almost got to think this isn't over this 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 cloud that's over, hanging over their heads mm-hmm. it's going to be there it's going to be there for a little bit so i'd like to think that they're going to be good but i am just not sure about that however they've got the pieces they have got the pieces offensively to be a very high-powered offensive team and score a lot of points
1: well and two of those pieces are two quarterbacks that were both injured last year Seth Russell coming back from a neck injury Jared Stidham coming back from an ankle injury both of those were season-ending injuries and The biggest loss this offense has to deal with is Corey Coleman. He is now in Cleveland in the Factory of Sadness playing for the Wolverine Hugh Jackson and the RG Knee Browns. And the next guy up for either Russell, Stidham, whoever you're going to throw out there, Katie Cannon, the junior. He's the guy, the go-to guy at receiver. However, the thing I look at at the receiver position – there's kind of a big gap between KD Cannon and that second guy in Lynx Hawthorne. There's I, a huge gap.
0: Well, I was going to say the same thing. And I was just going to say that you can't be going. I mean, you can have the number one guy, and it's going to be Cannon. Mm-hmm. But to have such a big drop off, I mean, <laughs> you got Cannon, and then you got a fifth year senior mm-hmm. in Lynx Hawthorne. To say that if for a fifth year senior, there's a huge drop off, that ain't too good. Uh, so I think that you're going to have to, what are you going to turn to? The ground game, where you're very good. Shock Linwood. And then you've got Johnny Jefferson as well. You've got some really good guys.
1: So a two-headed monster in it's the backfield.
0: That's what we're looking at. But Baylor's a team I feel like that's known more for their passing game, not necessarily mm-hmm. a running game. But you'll take the points where they come. That may be where it's coming from.
1: If Baylor does anything this season, because I'm on, it, I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think Baylor's gonna do much this season. I think they're they're not gonna be Kansas Jayhawk bad but they're not going to be Oklahoma good. Like, this is a team that I could see 4-5 and five in the Big 12, kind of middle of the pack, all because of Art Briles not being there and all this turmoil. Notice one thing we haven't said about Baylor in this preview. With Texas, we're talking about the new guys they've got coming in. I'm talking about new guys for West Virginia. We're not talking about any new guys, and the reason why we're not talking about any new guys is we don't know who still wants to play for Baylor at this point. Like, the only one that I'm for sure wants to play there is Russell and Stidham, because we haven't heard anything out of their mouths saying otherwise, and this is a team that if they do well, it's all going to be because of the quarterback, either Russell or Stidham. Most most likely, Russell Seth Russell will be your starter, but yeah, like... I don't think they're going to do well because most guys are wanting out. We're hearing about the guys who have signed letter of intents wanting out, and this is going to be a transitional period for Baylor. What kind of a team are you going to be post-Art I
0: I think that that's the biggest question. I think that that is absolutely the biggest question, and I think the bigger question is, no Art Bryles, is Baylor still elite?
1: No, I don't think they are. I don't think they're an elite team. The way I see it going is Oklahoma will be at the top. Oklahoma State and TCU will fight for second. And that that fourth team could be a Texas Tech, could be a Texas, could be even a West Virginia. I think Baylor falls. Baylor will, might, will probably stay above the Kansas' schools. But I'll probably see them that kind of six, seven, eight range with kind of a four and five, maybe a three or three and six record, because they they're just not the same team. However, I want to give them more wins because they do have a great quarterback in Seth Russell and an even better quarterback behind him if he gets injured again in Jarrett Stidham. But let me throw this question out there to you. For we've got three teams left. We're gonna save Oklahoma to the end. I'm going to ask you this, kind of a mini prediction for you. Who's the second best team in the Big 12 right now, TCU or Oklahoma State? Who's number two in your mind from when 2016 is all said and done?
0: When 2016 is all said and done, I I think that it's going to come down to uh, TCU. That's who I think. Uh I know that we've seen Oklahoma State be be pretty good, but I also think that Gary Patterson is kind of a he's kind of an X factor. I think. I mean, he's come in and he is really in his fifteen years has been extremely successful. And I, when I say he's come in, I mean he's been there, but mm-hmm. he has been good, and he has been very good. And this team continues to be successful. I don't see that changing. They're solid. They're solid. Trevon Boykin, Josh Dotson, gone, gone. They going to be okay? Yeah, I think they will. That's why I say TCU. Well, and how about you? How about you? I want to hear, but I want to hear yours. Can't just ask me and then run away.
1: Part of me with this question, I was going to get into it. Part of me with this question is like, I, I. Part of me wants to give the question or the answer of doesn't matter cuz Oklahoma's going to be at the top but I kind of want I kind of want to say Oklahoma State. I really do just because they've always been that team to me where they embody the same personality as their head coach. Mike Gundy, if you're looking back, you remember him for the famous, I'm a man, I'm 40, and that's kind of the personality of Mike Gundy. He's a fighter. He's a scrapper. He's got this kind of just fight to him. And that comes out in his players. And to me, I just, I feel like Oklahoma State, yeah, I can throw out names like Mason Mason Rudolph for you, or yeah, Mason Rudolph for you, but really it comes down to no matter who they got on the field, that mentality that he Sets his players up for is why I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and go with Oklahoma State, but I, I think it's gonna be a close one. It's gonna be Oklahoma at the top, and then Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and TCU separated by a game apiece, and that game will probably be when they play each other.
0: I think that uh, what's gonna be interesting. So you know, you have Boykin. And- you know, for the amount of time that they had him and they mm-hmm. he he was he was tremendous. He was phenomenal. I, I think that they get Kenny Hill and he's a guy who knows what winnings about and he understands extreme competition coming from the SEC with Texas a and M. I I think that that's big. You know, you have a really young and athletic receiving core. I think that on defense, they're they're pretty good. From a team last year defensively that was like, oh man, we're going to have to really scramble here. Those guys are now a core. And I think that when you look at it, will they be ready though in time? Arkansas Week 2, Oklahoma Week 5. Arkansas is a team you don't want to mess with. At least, not in the last couple years. They are a team that's getting better and better. Oklahoma stud. You know, it's a stud team, and I think that TCU, however, is the team that could compete with them. Not saying that TCU would surprise for number one in the Big 12, but I think they're a team that certainly can compete.
1: And Oklahoma's got the, or Oklahoma State, I should say, has the easier schedule. Southeast Louisiana, who are they? Central Michigan, the Chippewas, Pitt, 3 and 0. Then they play Baylor, a wounded Baylor team. Give them the win. Texas, Iowa State, Kansas, Texas will give them trouble 3-0 and in those three games. Then you've got West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas Tech. They can beat all three of those. Maybe Texas Tech gives them a run for their money. You're looking right there. You, you haven't had a single loss all season. Now you get to play on the road at TCU and on the road at Oklahoma. Those are your biggest challenges. However, the big thing that's falling in favor for Oklahoma State, you have the possibility, the chance, to build up so much momentum going into those two road games to where it's like, you know what, we've been good this whole season. At that point in the year, if they're undefeated, we could be talking, oh, top five in the rankings kind of a team, and there's a chance Oklahoma State could shock. They could be the one— to challenge Oklahoma, kind of make a pseudo Big Twelve game, Big Twelve Championship, I should say, this year on December third. They could do it.
0: Well how about this? I, I, I say we I say we talk about the beast.
1: The big boy? Oklahoma. Are they gonna go back to the college football playoff? If they let me put it this way, if they win the Big Twelve, are they a lock for the college football playoff again? Because it was kind of a controversy that they got in last year. A little bit.
0: If they are an outright wanted by a mile in the Big 12, there's like, no, there's like they no, did there's, last year. There's no doubt in my mind that they go back this year. However, there could be the one point of people could say, hey, they got there, they didn't play that well. They didn't play that well. They weren't impressive. And then they say, eh, we're going to go with a team that we know that's going to give us a good game. You know they could do that. Mm-hmm. It's all about what are they looking for this year, Ricky?
1: Last year was conference championships. Are they
0: This year they're looking for most passing <laughs> yards. You know, it just, it, it. who knows?
1: You know what, points scored, Texas Tech, you're in the playoff. But we lost four games. Nope, you're in the playoff. You scored the most points out of anybody.
0: That's the thing. But when you return with baker mayfield mm-hmm. and then when you return with uh, you know i just think that uh this uh samaje prine mm-hmm. another good one another good one
1: here's what i think is going to happen with oklahoma first off if no matter what if you come into that oklahoma state game You better be praying, praying that you come in with the same record. Like, same amount of losses. The reason why, if you come in, let's say Oklahoma comes in with a loss, Oklahoma State comes in winless, or not winless, undefeated. Then Oklahoma's sitting there going, well, shit, if we win, we're not an outright champion. We're a champion, but we're not an outright champion because We're now tied in the loss column with them. And there's one team that can make a run and challenge them for that fourth spot. Notre Dame. Notre Dame being on the outside. It could be Notre Dame. It could be a Pac-12 team. Oklahoma isn't sitting pretty. They have to win it outright. And the best part is like, oh, just run the table, win all the games. It's easier said than done.
0: Absolutely, it is, especially in, in, in a Big 12 conference that puts up so many points. That is at the top there with those three, maybe four teams this mm-hmm. year. More likely, three teams that are will be very competitive against each other. That could be two losses right there mm-hmm. if you don't play well. However, I think definitely if Notre Dame is positions themselves in a better spot this year than what they were last year, and they were still really good last year. Notre Dame, I think, is the team that that leaps in front of any Big 12 team. I do.
1: Let's move on into the last part, and I'm going to start off here. I'm not going to throw it to you like I usually do. Predictions for the Big 12. I'll go ahead and say it. Here is my prediction for the Big 12 this year. Oklahoma, are they going to win it all? Yeah. They are going to win the Big 12. However... They're not going to make the college football playoff. And you may be sitting there going, but Ricky, how is that? They win the division or they win the conference. How do they not make it the college football playoff? Well, I'll tell you, this is the storyline that's going to go on. Oklahoma's going to lose one game, one game coming into that last one. They're going to lose against Texas. Texas is going to have their number yet again in the Red River shootout. Oklahoma State. They're going to come into that last game undefeated. Oklahoma is going to beat the Cowboys in that last game, force a tie at the top of the Big 12. No Big 12 team goes to the college football playoff. We will most likely be looking at ACC, Big 10, SEC, and SEC, or SEC and Pac-12. That's how I see it going down. Oklahoma, because of a loss against Texas, will not be in the college football playoff.
0: Ah, we've got a skeptic.
1: How about that? What well, do you think?
0: I've got Oklahoma, I'll just do my top 5. Go ahead. Oklahoma at number 1. They end up 10 and 2. TCU at number 2, Oklahoma State at 3, Baylor 4, West Virginia 5. Oklahoma, Oklahoma excuse me, not Oklahoma State, Oklahoma because they lose two games. Somebody does better than that. And Oklahoma won't won't make it. So but you, I could be I could be wrong.
1: So you have no change in the top five except for TCU and Oklahoma State flip flopping yeah. from last year. Yeah. I'll do the same thing as you. I'll go Oklahoma and Oklahoma State tied for the top. So that's one, two. Number three will be TCU. Number four, I'm going to go ahead and say. West Virginia and number five, either Texas or Texas Tech. I think Baylor falls out. Baylor falls out of the top five, and either Texas Tech or Texas move up. And I think Iowa State will finish either sixth or seventh in the Big Twelve.
0: Pretty high on Texas, aren't you? You're you are always all over them. This is the year you are like a Texas stalker.
1: This is the year you are going to be arrested for
0: stalking Texas.
1: No, not 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 a chance, not a chance. But that's gonna do it. Well, oh before I sign it off uh you got something for us to end this don't you
0: well you know every once in a while you scroll to the bottom of your page
1: right you know you're you're on am your, I on Twitter Facebook Instagram where am I on right no now?
0: you're just you're you're on you' you're looking up what you're gonna talk about for a podcast oh, right okay. you're on Af- Athlon sports <laughs> and fans let me tell you you know some days and this is this is for anyone who may be having a bad day out there. Some days you just need a smile, right? So you're, I'm on Athlon Sports, and I'm scrolling towards the bottom, and they tell me you might also like, and there's a number of things. But one of the things that comes up is Athlons must see college cheerleader galleries. Why would I not click on that? Why would I not click on that? So once you click on that, it takes you to a wonderful amount of pages. 20 best NFL cheerleader Instagram pages. Wonderful. 20 amazing SEC basketball tournament
1: cheerleaders. Do I have to put this in the description? Great. What you're saying?
0: College football's best cheerleaders from week 11. Alrighty, righty. Let's click on that. The first one that comes up, a little cutie from ASU. We can only imagine she's a good time on the weekend. So that's what I'm thinking. And folks... I want you to have a good day, too, so make sure you check it
1: out. Should I put that link in the description? If you didn't,
0: you would not be doing justice to the world.
1: Okay, so you guys can see that down in the description. If I remember to do so when I upload this podcast to SoundCloud and YouTube, if you're listening on SoundCloud, go ahead, hit that like and repost button. If you're on YouTube, go ahead, hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure to check us out on patreon.com backslash Podcast. Brandon was on the exclusive Patreon podcast for the month of July. Go ahead, check out the Patreon page. Find out how you can get that exclusive podcast from the MVP guys. Thank you guys for checking out the Primetime Podcast. Brandon and I will be back next week. And as always, have a good day, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.